Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. Hello, everybody. It's Sunday, March 21st. And as promised, we continue to keep our once a week schedule going here on the pod. Derek, Josh, I, uh, I assume things are good on your end. Um, but then again, during these times, I, I don't want to assume anything. So I'll let you speak for yourselves. Derek, uh, what's up with you? Not much. You know, I'm enjoying the, the weekend. Uh, we didn't have any practice this weekend. We wrapped up the season on Friday. Since we don't play until Thursday, we took the weekend off. You know, hope, you know make, tell our guys just to relax, you know, stay stay away from gatherings, and then hmm. you know, get back to practice next week, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, make a little bit of a run in the district. Good deal. Josh, how about you? Yeah, uh, same. We, we took the weekend off. Uh, we don't play till Thursday, so we gave the kids a little bit of rest. Beautiful weekend. Weather was outstanding, and it gave me an opportunity to watch a lot of college basketball this weekend, which was fun, and, and then a lot of film on Stockbridge, which was also fun to watch. Uh, so, yeah, good good weekend. Mm, okay. Well, speaking of I – mean, I got a chance to actually watch the uh, the Bulldogs uh, for the first time live this year. We uh, we wrapped up our, our regular season, and unfortunately our – our our full season uh, Thursday uh, at Stockbridge. We had Friday off. We're going to take uh, Friday off, and then our plans were to practice Saturday, Sunday, and Monday before our game Tuesday, which have changed. But got to take the wife and go uh, go to Dexter Chelsea game at Dexter Friday night, and you know that that was awesome. Uh, live basketball that wasn't I uh, wasn't stressed about. Just got to sit down and check it out. It, it was really weird driving up to the school. And not having to park illegally somewhere because there's too many people, uh, you know, only a third of the parking lot was full. But that's just part of the deal with the pandemic. But very interesting uh, game. Dexter, of course, uh, prevailed over Chelsea uh, for the second time this year and and uh, uh, forced a three way tie in the SEC white, which, you know, if, if we pulled out our preview uh, podcast from from back in whenever that was October or November we kind of felt uh, that it wasn't it wasn't out of the question for these three teams to tie in some way uh, and that's exactly what happened Josh what are, you, what are your thoughts uh, 48 hours later I guess yeah I mean uh, I guess uh, two words Colin Parachek I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean guy averaged 27 points a game against us this year and just a, a man amongst boys. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, we came out running a, a great uh, slip play that we purposely designed because he d- loves to jump ball screens. He jumps the ball screen. We dive fans are, and we think we're getting a dunk or a layup out of this. And then, you know, seconds later, he comes out of nowhere and sends it into the fourth row. We knew it was going to be a long night. So, uh, no, Colin was special. And I, I thought uh, Cal Babinoff played an outstanding game as well. And, uh, you know, tough matchup for us. They're just so long, so big, and they change so many shots in the paint, and uh, that's where we make a living. So it was, uh, it was a long night for, for the Bulldogs. They played very well. They give, uh, you tip your hat to Dexter. They played well. Yeah, P- Parachek is, it was, was phenomenal. I mean, I, I talked to his dad a couple times during the night, and you know, I, I said if he ever gets bored with football, th- th- this guy could, could clearly play college basketball. And uh, and maybe even you know maybe even Division two basketball. I mean, he's that good and athletic and great hands and a feel for the game. Uh, little Babinall was, was was very good. I I, I love your 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 freshman uh, Cabana is starting now at point guard and and that was uh, a really a tough deal with you know for him obviously going against one of the 
one of the savvy and experienced guards in the league. I mean, Cabana holds his own. That 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 kid is going to uh, be outstanding in our area. He's already pretty good, uh, but just you know, watching him, uh, you know, have the battle against uh, against Cal, who again, really a smart player. And defensively, Dexter was solid. Um, they have their own style of defense, but they've got the pieces to protect the rim and and guard the ball and and they have a system of defense that really does not allow a lot of easy shots so i i if they can play at that level like they they were motivated to play friday you could tell this team could uh could could make an interesting run in the state tournament that district is going to be really tough but i i tell you what if they play like they did friday i could see them winning that district yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you did go back and look at the beginning of the year on the podcast, I did tell you how good they were on paper. And they certainly played like that on Friday. So this is, uh, I mean, when they're when they're interested and, um, and making good decisions on offense, which they did on Friday, they're as good as any team in the area. The, the, the thing with them is, though, they're not always interested. Um, and they have segments where they don't make good decisions on offense, but the defense is always solid. Um, but yeah, no, they, they have the pieces, you know, and, and I have a feeling that because it's, you know, win or go home, they're going to be interested the rest of the way. Yeah, I would think so. I was saying it's interesting with them too, because, you know, they, they've kind of been coming around at the right time. Again, I haven't obviously, I wasn't able to see the game because I was out in Addison on Friday. Um, but, you know, just the, seeing scores and, you know, watching some clips from them and stuff, they, they're playing well now. And I guess that's kind of the one advantage to the fact that they played Pinckney twice early or their two losses came earlier. It's like now they've built up this momentum, um, you know, heading into the district. So maybe they can kind of, you know, keep that rolling. And then, you know, they're going to have to get through their kryptonite, though, if they're going to, if they're going to, uh, you know, make a run hmm. in the district. Yeah, Pinckney waiting in the semis. You know, uh, Coach Rushton at Dexter, he – He's not going to take any credit. Uh, he, 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 like most coaches, is going to give all the credit to his players, uh, rightfully so. Uh, but he, he's done an outstanding job there in his second year. But I, it, it's hard not to notice the godfather, uh, Mike Bavanaugh, sitting on the Dexter bench now. From what I understand, he was a midseason acquisition to the coaching staff. And I tell you what, I, I give Jason Rushton, the head coach, a ton of credit. Uh, not letting ego get in the way and, and, and bringing in somebody that could, could maybe help his team. I Rumor has it, Bav has kind of had his hands on the offense a little bit during the second half of the year. Bav, I give him credit. You know, obviously Bav and Mike Bavanaugh, when we say Bav, uh, and, and Jason Rushton competed for that, that job two years ago, and, and the, uh, uh, the decision was made to hire Jason Rushton, um, and, and that shocked a lot of people. Uh, but a year and a half later, he, he's out there uh, helping this team. And those two guys, have, um, you know, they're working pretty well together. But Dexter looks like they've added a few things offensively. Um, Josh, you might be able to speak to that a little bit. But they, 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 uh, they, they look pretty nice. Yeah, they, they're running uh, quite a few different things the second half of the season. I might add that two of them they got from the Chelsea Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. but, but, the, but they are running Mike's four out, which they call 40, and, and they're doing a really good job of that. Um, and, and again, Jason's a great defensive coach and, and to have somebody at practice with him, that's got to make him that much better of a coach and the team that much better as well. Kids need more than one voice. And now they have that, um, you know, and, and here's the thing is that, you know, sometimes if people can put their egos aside, there can be a beautiful marriage there. It, same thing happened to me in Milan. When I got hired for the Milan job, I got it over Chris Pope and we ended up going out and having lunch at big boy of all places. And, Three hours later, we walked out of there and decided to coach it together, and and that worked out quite well for us. So, um, I think this is a great marriage for for uh, Jason and and Mike. Um, 
I, I will say a lot of the fact that the boys are having all this success with Mike on the bench and I'll tell you what, those girls' parents that ran him out of there a couple of years ago, I, I bet they're kicking themselves right now. So, Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a podcast in itself. We want to we want to backtrack to that whole fiasco. No, we need to. I think that's enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just look at looking at some of the other things that happened in the area. There was actually some interesting things Uh you know, we, we last week we talked about, you know, the fact that uh, the Ann Arbor Huron boys, congrats to them, by the way, who uh, you know, are the SEC red champions and still undefeated and definitely a threat to to, to win it all in, in Division One or Class A, whatever you want to call it. But, we you know, we talked about them playing Lincoln and Celine in the final week of the regular season and also being in the same district with them. So, like, would people treat it vanilla? Would they do whatever? Well, Huron uh, didn't get the memo on the vanilla part. Uh, they beat Lincoln 77 to 45 and they beat Celine 66 to 40. So maybe uh, Celine and, and Lincoln uh, treated it that way, but Huron did not. And they, they seem to be uh, peaking uh, at the right time. And unlike their, their city counterparts who are, are a bit quarantined and not playing right now, Huron is, uh, is on track for something big, maybe. Yeah. And when, we always knew if they got clicking, they were going to be, you know, very dangerous. And it appears that they're starting to, to get clicking right at the right time, which is, not not a good not a good sign for the rest of the uh, of that district, or really for the rest of the class, uh, Division One you know teams in the state. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Another interesting uh, thing on the boys' side. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I find this interesting, but uh, Chad Mortimer, Mortimer and the uh, the Hanover uh, Horton Comets, uh, of course, are the Cascade uh, Conference champions. They um, they they took care of business obviously in that league and, and beat uh, Michigan Center twice and Napoleon twice and they they took a 53 game Cascades conference winning streak and 32 game overall winning streak into Friday's game at East Jackson and that 32 straight wins is the longest winning streak in the state and to protect their team from any possible uh, contamination or contact tracing or whatever they sent their JV team. Uh, to East Jackson and uh, the, the JV fellas uh, looks like they competed pretty well, but they did lose to East Jackson. Uh, East Jackson was pretty happy to promote that victory and ending uh, Hanover streak, but you got to give Hanover uh, their kids and their coaching staff uh, a lot of credit to, to give up those two big winning streaks uh, for the sake of just guaranteeing that they're going to be ready to go uh, for the tournament. So what were your guys thoughts on that? I mean, I think, you know, obviously it had to be an extremely tough decision, especially in a shortened season to, to give up a game essentially like that for your, for your varsity team. But I think that, you know, Chad is just, he's a smart dude. And I think he made the right move. Um, I think he made the move that some people were, you know, I know I personally thought about, you know, man, that would probably be the right thing to do here. Obviously we chose not to. And at this point, you know, it's late Sunday night. So it's looking like we uh, we're fine. We didn't have any exposures and, uh, we'll be good to go. But, you know, I, I definitely thought it was a risk and I think it was a, you know, it was the right move by them considering you know, they have a lot loftier goals ahead. They've already, they already had clinched the, the conference at that point. Um, and just to ensure that they get the, you know, the, their chance to, or give them the best opportunity to, to be able to make their run in the postseason. I mean, obviously you never know, they could obviously have a kid that somehow contracts it some other way, but I know they're being extremely cautious and extremely smart over there from talking to Chad. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, was, it had to be a tough decision, but I think I totally support teams that chose to do that. And I think, uh, you know, if, if they're playing in, in the Breslin in a couple <laughs> of weeks, they'll be totally fine with that. Right. Yeah. I, 
I respect Chad. He's, I, he's at definitely a friend and, and someone I respect as a coach. I do not agree with the decision. Um, we've, we've had this conversation, and Chad and I have talked about other things along these lines. I, I don't agree with schools that are having their kids go virtual, and I know I, I believe Hanover is also doing that as well, and, and other schools are as well. I think it sends a horrible message that a, this is more important than going to school face-to-face and the opportunity to learn from your teachers, um, to pull kids just out for the end of the season. Um, I think this – you know, not going to East Jackson doesn't really make any sense either because you could get COVID from playing against Lumen Christie on, you know, what is that Thursday night or whatever it is that they're going to play. Um, I don't think we can live life this way. I don't think we should live life that way. And I, I think it sends a bad message to, uh, to kids. And th- that's just my opinion. I, I think they should have played the game. And um, I think kids should be in school. If their district's in school, they shouldn't just go virtual for playoffs. And I know that's a common thing in the state right now. I just personally think it's wrong. Well, why don't we ask Olivet what they think? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I I am one hundred percent. I just know as a parent, I'm gonna put my parent hat on. Had uh, Derek or Tony, I've been been playing basketball during this pandemic. They would have been they would have been virtual uh, at, at any time when I felt. Heck, I probably would have had them going virtual the entire season. I would have been all right with that. Never- I would have been all right if you, if you yeah. if you stuck to it the whole year and said we're going to finish well I, yeah. but but i but i also you know if they wanted to go to school i would have convinced them uh when it's about 10 days removed from the district tournament let's get you out of the classroom because uh the last thing you want to do is be sitting next to some kid uh, at lunch or in the classroom uh who who all of a sudden tests positive and you get caught up in his con or her contact tracing and you lose uh you know, uh, something that you worked extremely hard for. So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. And obviously Derek's, uh, uh, he's, he's, uh, referencing the fact that, uh, yes, the Olivet boys, uh, ended their season at Stockbridge Thursday. Uh, we had a positive case on our team, um, which was, uh, uh, detected on Friday and, uh, we have, we are shut down. We are out of the state tournament, um, and will not compete in the district. And we're one of, you know, several, I mean, there's, I don't know, at last count, there was 20-some girls teams and 20-some boys teams, I think, that have been uh, have had to pull out of the tournament for that reason. And, and that those numbers might be even higher now. But, yeah, it, it's tough. It's extremely disappointing. Um, but, uh, like I said in our tweet today, I, I'm, I'm grateful that we got to play 16 games and we had a, a successful year. And uh, it's better than, you know, because back in November, December, we weren't even sure we were going to play a single game. So we would have liked to have taken a shot at a good Harper Creek team on Tuesday and, and give our young guys some experience. But, um, and, and I, we, and, you know, I'm not going to get into where, you know, the virus, we, we don't know where the virus was contracted, but man, you sure minimize your, your uh, possibility. Um, Cause I know we're, we're, we're back face to face four days at Olivet and there's, there, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot more kids in that building, you know, and uh, you're hoping the kids are responsible. You just, they don't know. They're not doing it on purpose. They don't know if they're bringing the virus in. We've got parents in the district uh, that are they're kept, you know, getting the virus and kids being quarantined. And, you know, we're our quarantine uh, list right now is getting pretty heavy over there. And I'm sure it's like that at all schools. But um, it's a it, it's a philosophical difference, I guess. Uh, Josh, me and you and, and Derek, maybe too. But, yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough time. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we get through the spring because the, the cases are way up right now. And uh, hopefully a drastic decision isn't made that impacts kids in a negative way. So. All right, hey, moving on to the girls' side of things, uh, there was a couple of interesting things that took place, I guess, this week. The one that, uh, that definitely caught my eye, Celine 
Uh, congrats to them winning the um, uh, the SEC Red Division with a 15 and one record. They beat Pioneer 44 to 40 last Monday, um, I think it was. And uh, Ella Stemmer, uh, who had scored 36 points to set a school record, maybe like 10 days before, she scores 38 of Celine's 44 points in a 44 to 40 win over Pioneer. Uh, that's, uh, that's saying something. I don't know if you got thoughts on that. Someone getting 38 is, uh, that's a career again, like, like I usually say for some people. Uh, that's just insane. I mean, <laughs> um, obviously she is, she is a stud, um, but to, to score that many and to do it in a, you know, in a, uh, in a game that meaningful and that close of a game is just absolutely wild. Um, you know, I got I got guys that are you know in, in a blowout. They're like, oh yeah, leave me let me pad my stats. So I can get thirty or whatever. Like, so she scores thirty eight in in that close of a game. Like, that's that's when it's a meaningful you know uh, big number that's put up. Um, you know, when you're breaking records in a in a forty four to forty game, that's awesome. Um, you also got to wonder, like, man, what 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 could you have done if you're if you're pioneer to try and you make somebody else score. Like you got a triangle and two with both girls on her. Or what do you got to do? There you go. Make somebody else shoot. That, a, a, a Don Palmer uh, special. I think, I think uh, Lakeland uh, did that. That wasn't Don special. Lakeland did it to Don Palmer when he had one of his really good scores, uh, girls basketball players back in the, this probably would have been the, the late eighties. Uh, Lakeland came out in a triangle and two and put two girls on their score. And chased her around. <laughs> That's an amazing concept. I think she still scored a little bit too, and, and, and Milford still won. But it, that reminded me of that. So. I remember the reading about that, and that girl ended up playing at Michigan. The, the the player did. I can't think of her name right now, but I do remember reading that. I think you can do it in girls basketball. Um, I don't think you can get away with it in boys because right now I'm although I'm only telling myself that because I regret not doing it to Imani Bates last year. I should have put two guys on him and and guarded the rest <laughs> of the Lincoln team with three. So, um, no, I, it took it took everything I had not to, to tease Tyrone Hicks about uh, how did you let this happen, you know. I mean, but uh, Ella's obviously a special player and, and a great team and Celine as well. But, wow, I mean, to, to, to put that many points up in that close of a game, it's, it's kind of unheard of. Right, right. And she almost outscored Pioneer herself. Obviously, you got to give Pioneer some credit, though, too, to, to play them so tough. Celine's very good. And, and Pioneer's pretty strong, too. That, that must have been a heck of a game. I, I would have liked to see that one. Are they in the video. same district as well? I think so. I yeah. Think so. Oh, yeah. so they're going to oh, see yeah. each other probably again on what yeah. for the girls Friday night, I think. Yeah, there, there may be an adjustment there. Who knows? But <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Chelsea uh, girls uh, uh, finished their undefeated um, season in the SEC White. Uh, they, they beat Dexter, I know, uh, uh, pretty handily again. Uh, Dexter looks like they might be down a player or two, at least from the, some of the, the, the names we uh, talked about early in the year. But the Chelsea girls continue to roll. Um, I, I, I did not see. I saw some pictures. I saw a story on the game. I read about it. The one thing that stood out to me from the Chelsea Dexter girls game was Coach Warren Thompson's all pink outfit. Anybody see a picture of that? I did not. I yeah, did actually was, see a picture of that with the team picture. That was that's an impressive look. Impressive look. That was uh, I. I had to even text her about that today. That was that was big time, man. Way, way to step up, Lauren. So, uh, but I, I yeah. What was I, the I, What was the all pink for? Uh, I was. It was a pink out. Their their game was a pink out Friday night. So you boys were over there playing in Dexter, just just worrying about basketball, and and they're over there taking care of bigger things in the girls' side of things. So I just wanted to let you know that. But uh, I, I I assume it was a pink out because the Dexter girls were in special uniforms, and Lauren was was decked out to no end. So, but 
Uh, Grass Lake girls, let's compliment them as well. They take the Cascades Conference in a rare uh, – they play Michigan Center. Uh, <laughs> it looks like they played them twice last week, <laughs> and they beat them uh, both times by 17 points to take the um, to take the, uh, uh, the Cascades Conference title. They are ripe for a run in the state tournament. We know that Arbor Prep is ripe as well, although, you know, the Arbor Prep girls have not – they've been quiet, and there's a reason. They haven't played since March 11th. Uh, they, I think they're going to be okay to start the tournament this week, but um, that will be that will be interesting to see if those two special teams um, can make a run in Division Three in girls basketball. So, yeah, the Grass Lake girls. The reason for the the weird scheduling there was they actually were in quarantine. They came out of quarantine on, I believe, uh, the day before they played um, center the first time. So they had one practice. They played center. Then they took a day off and played them again. I think that the league decided to make sure that they played center those two times because that was it had already it was already clear that it was going to be between those two teams for the the league title. So they wanted to have those two games be played for sure with the limited time that was all they were able to get in. That's a great that's a great adjustment by the athletic director. So I'm impressed. <laughs> hey, come on! There's smart guys running the athletic department. I know. I, I didn't say there wasn't. I'm just still impressed. So. Um, we're, I'm getting ready for my district this morning, and I'm watching the Olivet-Stockbridge game from Thursday that, that Matt shared with me because, I don't know, we've known each other for 30 years and, and gone on coaching trips, and, and you know, I was on your staff, and, you know, your son was on my staff, and, I mean, and I used to watch you eat fish sandwiches after wins at Ipsy. I mean, just, I mean, when it, when a guy shares a fish sandwich, I mean, you, you don't get any closer than that. So, uh, no, we, obviously we go way back. And I couldn't help, but I, I had to call Matt in the middle of the game. I'm watching the game, and I'm taking notes, and I'm clipping the game. And I had to stop the game and call Matt. I could not focus on the game. I had to mute the game because these two wonderful young ladies that were filming the game for them, which I feel like I know them personally at this point after listening to a quarter and a half of this game. I mean, I heard about one of them needs lotion because they're burned. I I know that uh, one of them is dating one of your players. I know another one's a sister of a player. I know they were very disappointed in the way you guys shot the basketball and they were <laughs> taking quite a few digs at the boys. Um, and, I mean, I could tell you that they they made a TikTok that morning. I mean, I, I, I could probably tell you more things about them than their parents could by listening to this game. It was unbelievable. Um, but I had, I had to mute it. I mean, because I, I usually like to listen to the game, like listen for play calls and things like that. But instead, I just got the load. I know everything going on in all of that right now. I, I feel like I could come in there and and just clean things up right away or, or you know, get involved in the, in the, uh, the school. Uh, um, what is it? The drama. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go, I guess so. I, you know, I, I really did not put a, 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 the kibosh on that as the year went on. They're, they're two sweet girls. Uh, Molly Lincoln is a middle school girl. She's the sister of two of my uh, starting players, uh, Bo and Blake, and also the daughter of my assistant coach, Brian Lincoln. Uh, Brooklyn Baker is the other girl that you hear, and she's the she's the uh, significant other of Blake Lincoln. And they've done they, – they stepped up and videotaped all 16 of our games this year, did a great job. Uh they, they know my password. I think they probably know how to get into my bank account because they know all my passwords <laughs> to get into the iPad. But, yeah, they, they're hilarious, and we, we've, uh, we've heard them during some of our, our video sessions during the year. But, yeah, I, I hope that's a shout-out to those two. They were um, awesome. They were awesome. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's good to know. And, you know, you, you, bring, up, you bring up video exchange. And, you know, it's, I, I, 
I want to cover this because I'm kind of curious what you, what you guys think about that. I mean, I am of the opinion. We actually, this became kind of a little bit of a discussion point in our conference this year, the unwritten rule that you don't share video of your league opponents. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I, I share video with one people that I know uh, and are friends and, you know, within my coaching network. And if I don't know you, I probably won't. Um, and I, I kind of feel that's the way people treat me. And uh, also, if someone has something that can help me, I'm more than happy to give them a video. And, and, and video that we take, like two Stockbridge games that we play, I didn't have any problem giving those to Josh. I'm not going to give Josh any Stockbridge video from our league pool. That would be unethical. But the video that we take is ours. And I don't know that everybody agrees with that, but that's that's just, that's the way I've always operated. So I, I don't know about you guys. How, how do you feel about that? I totally agree with that. I mean, I'm – it's like the, the I'm willing, I, I'm actually probably more lenient than you are based on that. It's like, if, if you want to trade with me, I'm usually <laughs> willing to, to, to trade. I, I, I don't really, again, I'd be more, I, I'm, I'm like you where I'd be more loyal to the people I know than to my league, I guess. Um, but usually it's, you know, it, almost always, if somebody wants one of your films, they've got something that would be helpful for to you. So I'm just always willing to, even if it's something it's like, oh, we might play this team in the district, you know, I, I'll just say, hey, yeah, give me that film for it. So, you know, there's always some way you can make a make a trade or make a deal work, in my opinion. So I'm always willing to to gather as much film as I possibly can. Yeah, I mean, you guys know I agree with both of you. I, I mean, to me, I, I will trade with anybody. You know, I will, I will say this at times, I'll give the league opponent I'm in the league with, I'll give him a heads up and say, Hey, so-and-so asked for film, which one would you like me to give? I might do something like that. You know, if, if uh, you know, someone reached out, I might do that. But on the other hand, if I need something from them, I'm giving it to them right away. And as far as friends go, I would give them anything and everything they need. I mean, I did that with Rex for the district districts. I've done that with you guys. And, and I would do that with anybody I consider um, in our coaching circle. And that, you know, there's no question about it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're losing because somebody has your film, then you're probably going to lose anyways. <laughs> that's, 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 that's really, that, that's probably yeah. true. I'm kind of curious if there are actually any official league bylaws that say that you can't. I, I know we don't have that in our conference. It's, it was really more kind of a, a gentleman or a, a gentlewoman's agreement. Um, but what about the SEC or the Cascades? Do you guys know of anything like that? We didn't even have a league meeting to start the year. Oh, so well, there, there you go. At least there I wasn't go. invited. So. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. <laughs> so so we actually created a huddle pool in our league, but not all the teams joined. So, um, mm. you know, that's a whole nother weird deal. So some of the teams in our division were asking for film on people in the pool, but they didn't get in the pool. So that was a whole awkward weird thing um but speaking of league meetings how about this one so we've always had our league meeting at saturday morning you know nine o'clock at, at a school obviously with uh covid it's going to be a zoom no big deal so they moved the league meeting to six o'clock on a sunday night all right it's 70 degrees out it's dinner time it's sunday and the ncaa tournament's on so we get on our league meeting and, and it lasts three minutes and all they do is tell us to go into uh Excel or, or, or sheets in uh, Google and vote for players in sheets. So oh. we, not only that, but 
now you can see who everybody votes for and how many points they give them. And just for the record, because I'm the old man in the group, well, actually, Coach Barnes is the old man in the group, but I feel like I am. I already went in and, and I voted first, just so everybody can see who I voted for, who I gave points to. And now I can't wait to sit back and see who they vote for for my team and, and everything else. It's really weird. It's it's a strange deal, and it's going to it's gonna calculate it itself, and then it's going to pop into the rankings and – it's uh yeah I don't know but I, I'll tell you there's a lot of things I hate about COVID and and Zoom meetings and this one might take the cake I, I just uh, <laughs> this is really weird yeah and we, we we had our league meeting today we did it in person and voted with ballots like we always did we had a few people uncomfortable with it and sent some people we also had some coaches who were who were quarantined and couldn't even be there and had to send an assistant or whatever Derek, you guys aren't even having like you said you're not even having your meeting until after spring break your postseason meeting. Yeah, they decided to to back it up just because of COVID and everything. I guess. Are you sure that wasn't uh, Mort- are, that and- wasn't Mortimer's idea to like avoid everybody for COVID or? <laughs> not oh, that I know man. of. Not that I know of. But we are meeting in person uh, right after spring break or in early April. So, man, you gonna tell you to kiss his you know what when he's raising that trophy uh, later in the hey, year. Hey, I hope he is. I. I- I really do. I, I mean, they, they would have last year, so I hope they do this year. Right. And, you know, we got districts coming up. We don't – I mean, there's uh, – we're not going to go through every one. We, we could be here for a couple hours. But what what are your thoughts, boys, girls, heading into the districts? Any, any, any nuggets you want to share? Any thoughts? Any predictions? I think, you know, well, we already touched on this a little bit. I know the, uh, the uh, Celine Pioneer girls matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. That I think the rematch we'll get of that was very interesting, especially due to the fact that, you know, it was such a unique game with the, the you know, Stemmer scoring 38. So that one's definitely intriguing. Um, the Chelsea district might be the most interesting. Again, obviously, you know, we're biased with, with Josh being here, but uh, that one will be fun with Fowlerville and, and Williamston in there. Um, so I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on that for sure as well. And then obviously the the Dexter um, the Dexter Pinkney and Skyline District should be very interesting. You know, South Lion East, we talked about that last week and how across the board, there's just, there's no bad team in the whole district. Right. You know, I, I would also say that um, the, the district that Derrickson is very intriguing because it's basically a league tournament without Hanover, which is good for the rest of the league, let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I really look forward to, to Derek playing Vandercook for a third time. The second game was much closer than the first, so I, I think that'll be an intriguing mass, matchup. I think both teams will probably throw some wrinkles out there. And then I feel pretty strongly that center will come through the other side. They handled grass like really easily the other day. But that being said, um, I don't. I wouldn't want to deal with that sticky zone of Grass Lake. So um, I, I think we'll have a Napoleon-Michigan Center final, which would be awesome. I, I would love to see Derek have an opportunity against them for a third time. Um, it'll be tough at their place. Um, and they have some really good guards, but hey, it, it, anything can happen in one night. Obviously, all the stuff we watched in the last three days has showed us that through the NCAA tournament. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, they're, they're not really local area teams, but because of Matt's affiliation with Olivet, um, I think that district is very intriguing. And you know, let's be honest. I mean, your kids really lose out by not playing in that, but it would have been a stretch to get through there. It is a tough district. I mean, Penfield, Marshall, Eaton Rapids, all very good teams. Um, I, I think Eaton Rapids will come out of there. Um, and then I, I think, I'll tell you, I, I think Chelsea girls, who are one of the best, I don't know, 
five or six teams in the state right now in Division Two, and I really believe they will make it to the Breslin Center this year. I've looked at the draw. I've looked at things. I think they're poised for a deep run. I think things set up well. Uh, Edison is on the other side of the bracket, but it all starts with them mm-hmm. getting out of the district, which will be very tough. They have a tough Friday night game against Onstead, who, um, you know, they, they play a tough zone and they have some size. So that, that could be a tough game for Chelsea to get out of the district. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, um, that <laughs> that's right. I got actually I got a lot of time. I, I may be at Derek's games uh, uh, Thursday and, and hopefully Saturday, uh, but I'm going to be able to watch some of them since I don't have a lot to do this week. I am uh, I, again after watching Dexter Friday. I'm I I actually gonna I'm, I'm gonna pick them. I, I think the tough game might be the, the first one with Brighton. Um, you know, Skyline hasn't played since March 11. I think that's going to be a challenge for them. South Line East has lost. They lost their last two games of the regular season. I mean, Wall Lake schools are solid, but they did lose those games, and um, so maybe they're not peaking at the right time. I, I, I like Dexter's chances in that one. You know, uh, the other side of things, the girls. You know the Milan girls. Uh, we haven't talked much about them at all. They they ended the season, I believe, on a, a six game winning streak. And right before that that six game winning streak is the game that they had Chelsea beat, and that was you know actually pretty impressive. And then Chelsea kind of rallied and won that game. But they're the number one seed in their district, um, which is uh, being hosted by Milan. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of there. And of course, we've already talked about the, the Gabriel Richard girls and. Uh, the legendary Tim Kane. They are the number one seed Wait a in a four-team district, also hosted by Gabriel. Let me Shard. ask you something: so, Is, is Gabriel um, girls division two? Okay. Yeah. So, I, so yes, let's let's go back to league yeah. meetings for for a minute. I, I hope Tim Kane listens to this podcast tomorrow morning on on his way to work. Um, so a couple of years ago, I'm at the league meeting, end of the year league meeting, and Tom Reason and, and Tim Kane are sitting behind me at the league meeting, and we had just beat Tim twice that year, and um, he. He and, he and Tom were having a lot of laughs. And I turned around and said, what's going on? You know, fill me in. And they were just laughing. And and Tim said, we were just laughing about what a joke Division Two basketball is, how easy your district is. I wonder if he still feels that way now that he's coaching in Division Two. So that would be a good question to ask Tim. <laughs> oh, man, we, we may have to get out. Yeah, we may have to bring him on again. You know, have a second second interview with Tim. But holy cow. Uh, or, or we're just texting tonight and get his, get his take on go. that. That's yeah. great. Okay, everyone. Uh, hey, that's another. That's going to be a wrap on this week's podcast. We uh, we we are excited. We're we're back. Uh, we're going to try to do it. Uh, we'll try to do it one more time uh, next Sunday. Uh, hopefully, uh, you two boys are, are celebrating uh, uh, some upset victories in a district final and getting ready for regional. Now, I might be by myself on the podcast if you guys are getting ready for regional, uh, but I, I'm good with that. Uh, I, and I hopefully I'll have some knowledge. I should be able to. Uh, see a few more things than I have uh, this season. But uh, until then, everyone, uh, stay safe, mask up, and peace.